2 Corinthians. And we'll go back and just finish up a little couple little things. And you pray God will help me get one verse out. If I could get one verse out. I intended to preach from chapter 4 of Wednesday and we didn't get there. So we backed up in chapter number 3 and Lord willing we can at least get a verse of chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter number 4. And um, we are kind of setting the, the, laying out the setting here. And this goes along with what Brother Piercy has been saying uh, of what's on my heart this morning. So I'll try to say it quickly. Uh, but um, we, look at, we look back at chapter number 3 so that we could get an idea coming into chapter number 4 and get our minds and our hearts where uh, Paul and what he's trying to get over to us. And we just quickly ran through the chapter and we're looking at um, the various things that were being said here. And there's a contrast that's being drawn and uh, we see it kind of summed up at the end of the chapter in verse number 18 uh, before we get to verse number 1 of chapter number 4. But I'm going to read the verse and then say a few things and we'll, we'll go home. Okay, chapter 4 of the book of 2 Corinthians and verse number 1. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not. And uh, that's where we want to begin this morning. I want to look at some of that uh, here in the chapter, what he's going to lay out. And I don't want to go back over what we've already done. But I do want to say a couple of things as I thought some on, chapter, on verse number 18. I've been thinking quite a bit about that verse. And uh, God just worked it more and more into my heart as I studied and uh, was just meditating on that verse in, chapter, in verse 18. And just more and more comes out to my mind what I even said Wednesday, uh, but uh, the contrast that's being drawn here uh, is between Moses and Christ. Moses, his face shone when he received the law, and he went up and got the law from God, and his face did shine, right? We remember the setting of what he's laid out here, and uh, the contrast that's being drawn here, if you look in verse number 18, but we all with open face behold as in a glass of glory of the Lord, we all are being contrasted to what they all saw when they looked on Moses. Now what happened when they looked on Moses? Moses' face did shine, and they put a veil over his face, right? And so that they could not steadfastly look upon the end of the law and see what Moses saw. And Moses saw nothing but a shadow of the good things which were to come. And I'm here to tell you if the shadow was glorious, how much more shall the image of the thing be much more glorious? All that Moses saw was the mere shadow of the glory of God, but he didn't see the face of Christ and who God said who commanded the light to shine out of darkness and shine in under my heart. And he gave light of the knowledge of God in the face of Jesus. And I'm glad, hallelujah, I didn't see the shadow. I saw the very image of God in the person of Jesus. <laughs> 
And I'm telling you, I could have a, a fit this morning. <laughs> it just got all into my soul when I got to look at what the Bible said in Hebrews chapter 10, of the law having a shadow of the good things to come and not the very image of those things. And then verse chapter number four is going to go on and talk about Christ is that very image. Christ is the image. And so what's being pictured here is the, uh, uh, the law came through Moses, but grace and truth came from Jesus. Behold, the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, John chapter 1, full of grace and truth. And he, John said, I saw Jesus with my physical eye, and I beheld him, and I saw his glory, and here's what was glorious about him. He was full of grace and truth. Hallelujah. <laughs> And, uh, and his, Moses comes down off the mountain. And so the Bible's talking about with us what's being talked about here, but we all with open face beholding as in a glass the image of God. It's not us being contrasted to Moses. It's Christ being contrasted to Moses and what those people saw the time the nation of Israel when they looked on Moses and what we see when we look on Jesus. Now what happened in that Old Testament? He went up and saw the glory of God, uh, but he saw what? Just a shadow, right? And that shadow was so glorious was so wonderful and picturing the end of what Christ was going to be and come into this world and all the things that we see and know uh, in, the, in, the, in the Old Testament, you and I having seen it clearly, without a veil, right. right? So when they looked on Moses, there was a veil across the glory of God so that they could not see what Moses saw. They couldn't even see the reflection of what Moses saw, which was shining upon his face. What I saw, friends, not shining on me, it's shining in me. <laughs> and you might not see it on me sometimes, but I can tell you this, the light of the glory of God shined into my heart. <laughs> and it's in me. And I'm telling you, God, by the Spirit of God, is transforming me into that same image. Now, how, now what happened? Hebrews tells us, in which Christ has consecrated for us a new and a living way, that we are able to boldly come into his presence and enter into the holiest of all by the blood of Jesus. <laughs> and so that I'm not looking upon shadows, I've beheld the very image of God and the of Jesus and that glory shined in my heart. The glory of all that God is is in this earthen vessel. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> and by the blood of Jesus, what would the Bible say? Had consecrated for us and do in a living way through his veil, through the veil, which is to say his flesh. <laughs> and so <laughs> Happy Independence Day. Hallelujah. You talk about fireworks outside independence of this country. There's some fireworks going on in this 38-year-old soul about what Jesus did when he set me free from the bondage of sin. Hallelujah. And I, I'll tell you, the Bible said he's consecrated by the what is his, which is his flesh. So that veil, when they looked down through the Old Testament, and that veil... 
is upon the face so that they could never see into that glory. Where's the other place you see a veil? You see a veil in the Old, Tem- in the Old Testament too, right? In the temple, in the tabernacle. What is that veil guarding? What is that veil over? It's keeping people out of the Shekinah glory of God. They couldn't see the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person. They couldn't see Jesus. <laughs> Made a little lower than the angel. Made of a woman made under the law. And the dispensation of the fullness of time, God sent forth his son. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad you're not looking at a shadow, but the very image of the person of God and the face of Jesus. No wonder the psalm writer talked about, I'll never forget that night. I'll never forget that. The joy of that hour. What's in the stillness? I'll never forget the joy of that hour. It's life's sweetest memory. Hallelujah. Amen. That time can't erase. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. And uh, they looked to that veil and they couldn't see Moses come down. They looked upon him and his face was veiled because they could not behold the glory and see. And so then you see the temple and the tabernacles, the same thing. And that's his, the veil that was rent in twain from top to bottom. The veil that was what was covering Moses' face, that veil is his flesh, and it's been removed. And so you can picture literally Christ in that old tabernacle with the holiest of all behind him, spanned between you and God is the flesh of Jesus who gave himself for your sins to set you at liberty out of the bondage of corruption. Christ can make you free. I'm telling you this morning, you can have some joy in your soul. You can have the peace of heaven, the joy of God, eternal life in Christ, the forgiveness of sin and the righteousness of Jesus. Jesus, all because one glad day, hallelujah, you got down on your bended knee and God opened your eyes and allowed you to see Jesus. <laughs> Why are you so excited And my darkened mind was veiled? Now listen, we can't do this all night, uh, all morning, but uh, he's going to talk about, well, I'm going to get ahead of myself. But uh, And so that flesh which guarded that veil which kept them out from that Shekinah glory, Jesus Christ's body was that veil and he tore it down in three days. Is that what he said? And it was rent in twain. And so now there's no veil. You can look right in to the very person of God by faith and see the very glory of God. Aren't you glad that one day God lets you bend down and just cry out and say, God, be merciful to me. And he did so much more exceeding abundant was there grace and mercy to be found there that God lets you behold the person of his son absolutely unveiled with full knowledge and full wisdom and full understanding of who the person of God is and who Jesus is and who you are. I'm glad it's one glad day that I bowed my knee and said, God, save me by your marvelous grace. And uh, I got to look right in. And you say, what are you so excited about? Because the light of the glory of God has shined in my heart. It's not on me, it's in me. And Jesus said, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. And he said, this light, the light of the glory of God to give knowledge unto you. Why do you need knowledge? He didn't blind your heart. The devil's blinded your mind. (laughs) And that's why it's so important we do what we do. 
said, why are you hollering like that preacher? I'm talking about Jesus all the time. Because that's the only hope this world's got is somebody get up and tell them about Jesus. <laughs> this is our ministry. He's going he's gonna to go on and say, therefore. What's he talking about? He's talking about what you just read in verse number 18. But we all with open face behold the glass of glory. glory. Or, this is not a maybe. And this isn't a request. This is a promise. There's no telling where some of you might be. But God is faithful. Faithful is he that calleth you who will do it. And he's kept you out of the hog pen for a long time, hasn't he? Hallelujah. If it wasn't for God, then all of us be in the hog pen about to eat the husk. And uh, man, God said that you, we are changed into that very image. Well, I would like to hear somebody sing that. <laughs> Once in the stillness of the midnight hour. Do you know that song? The joy of that hour has never left me. Hallelujah. Are you glad to be saved this great independence day? I'm glad to be an American, but I'm telling you, I'm glad God set me free from sin. I'm glad I'm not under bondage anymore to that old corruption and fear, which when those things I had nothing but death. And where were the fruit of those things? What reward had you in them things? I had the reward of death and I had the sentence of death. But God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven me. Hallelujah this morning. And that's why it's important that he said, therefore seeing we have this ministry. What ministry? The ministry of portraying and proclaiming Christ to a lost and a dying world where they can unveiled look right into the very image of God and the face of Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. You don't need to see me. Lord have mercy. That's an ugly sign. <laughs> and you think it's ugly now. Wait till y'all ain't around when the kids do something ain't right. Yeah. Amen. And uh, that may be why some of these prodigals ain't around. They got a daddy's at church one way another way at home. <laughs> God help us to be faithful to reflect the accurate picture of who Christ is to the world. We're changed into that image. Hallelujah. And uh, from glory to glory. This is not a glory that fadeth away that in Moses which was to be done away in chapter 3 halfway through the chapter he said which glory is to be done away is to be abolished. This is a glory that just keeps us selling. It just keeps getting better. The longer I serve him the sweeter it grows. Hallelujah. It just gets more glorious and more glorious as we get. I can almost see the lights of that city. Is that what the song I just said? Hallelujah. And uh, I can almost now, can't you see it now? There's coming a day, as what Brother Oliver talked about, we wait for the manifestation of the sons of God and we wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. And uh, we're changed into that same image. That's why I say you're going to be like Jesus whether you like it or not. God is going to make you the very thing, oh, the, the very satisfaction. Oh, I wish I could get my words together on what all that Christ is. Can I, can I exhort you this one if you're not saved? Maybe you're saved. Maybe you're thinking about that hog peeing some. It's attractive, you think, out there in the world. Can I tell some of you young people that's headed that way? Can I tell you something? <laughs> The devil's a liar. And there ain't nothing out there that's going to help you. 
But I don't know of a time I've not come into God's house and I had somebody sing and tell me about Jesus. That's not been an encouragement to my heart. I've never been dissatisfied with anything I've ever found in him. You'll never go wrong. If I could warn you, please, don't go down there. Don't go through that mess. Save yourself a lot of heartache and a lot of tears and save those around you that loved you a lot of heartache and a lot of tears and just keep your eyes on Jesus. You know what's wrong with you? You've got to look at mom and daddy. You've got to look into the preachers and the fundamental movement. You've got to look at this, what you don't like, and that, what you don't like. You just need to keep an eye, a singular eye upon the God of glory. You need to just keep an eye on Jesus. They express him, the author and finisher of our faith, looking unto Jesus, the Bible says. Just keep looking to him. And God unveiled my darkened mind. He removed that veil upon my darkened, depraved mind. And I don't know that well, oh Lord, that, that night on my knees, when I got down on my knees and cried out to God, whew, there was more than just a veil removed from my darkened mind. There was a, there was a, there was a, a glory that shined on past my head and down into my heart. Boy, I wish, some, I wish you could get that this morning if you're not saved. So therefore, seeing that we have this ministry, this isn't a drawing a comparison as, it's stating a fact. As we have received mercy. Paul said it was before a blasphemer and a persecutor. But I obtained mercy. Where would we be? God hadn't let you see Jesus high and lifted up. Bless his name. Look to me and live. Aren't you glad God let you look at Jesus? I don't get much of a picture in my mind much about what he looks like. I try to, you know, your mind, but I, I don't even need to. There's something in my heart that just... I hear his voice. Yes, sir. I know his face. Yes. I can feel his presence. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All because one day God Amen. preacher, I'm going to faint. You know what you need to do? You need to go back to that hour where God saved you, called you about a sin. Preacher, I'm going to give up. I'm going to faint. I'm tired of all this mess. I'm tired of all these rules. I'm tired of fighting the flesh and the devil. And I'm tired of just loving people and they don't ever love you back. I'm tired of not seeing any results. I'm tired of seeing, uh, you know, that I'm just tired of all of it. I'm just going to faint. I'm just going to quit. You can't do that, friend, when you look at the God that's been merciful to you. When I look back at what God's done in our life, there's no telling what you would be where you would be. God that showeth mercy. And when I look at that merciful God that's been merciful to me every day of my life, I just can't quit. I'm not saying I don't feel like quitting sometimes. But preacher, I can't quit when I just look back and see God and his great mercy. 
Can I encourage you not to quit? Please don't quit. Young people, don't quit. Just keep looking to Jesus. Just keep looking at the mercy of God. And as we have received mercy, we faint not. What's he talking about fainting at here? Looks like he's probably talking about the ministry, is he not? As we have received mercy, we faint not. And we see our purpose. Our purpose is, and I'm ashamed to say it, there's been more times in my Christian life that people have seen me, they've not seen Jesus. He said, always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus might also be manifested in our flesh. But I'm sad to say there's been too many sad times that my flesh, people have seen Clint, they've not seen Jesus. We can blame Nancy Pelosi. And I think I'd rather watch NASCAR than listen to that woman talk. I'm just kidding. I used to like NASCAR a lot. But I knew I'd make some of you mad. That woman is certified crazy. Say, well, preach, I'm a Democrat. I don't care what you are. I care less what you are. You want to be wrong, meet God with it, and be wrong, meet God. They're a mess. The whole crowd's a mess. But can I tell you something? That's probably not who's to really blame behind why most people don't want to come to church. I think anybody with a brain left can tell that woman ain't put a bottle down since she got when she was born. That girl's been drinking since a baby. She's crazy. There ain't a brain cell left in that woman. And uh, amen, that brother Reed. I know. Amen. Thank you. I know you're with me, brother. We got to go home. But uh, you know what? When I talk to people, and I know when you talk to them too, and this is, un- this is not an excuse. When they meet God, God's not going to say, oh, well, I understand there were some hypocrites in church. So you're fine. We, come on in. Silly. But, boy, I don't want to be a stumbling block to anybody, do you? And you know what's a stumbling block to people? Me. But if I'll just die a life of continual death, though we live, that's what he's going to teach us. He's going to teach us in order. He said, we're, we're, oh, we're going to have to read the verses because, well, we can't. I want to come back tonight. I don't want to leave it. My soul is just. And so, let me just give you the next verse. and we, We'll go eat. I'm just not even, and, and I love to eat, Brother Pierce. I mean, he with me, brother. I, had, I told my wife a long time ago, I said, it's all I'm allowed to do anymore. I quit everything else. I got to eat. You can't smoke. You can't do nothing. Can't curse people when you want to. Can't drink a beer, nothing. Can't do nothing. Got to dress right. Got to talk right, act right, smell right. At least let me eat. I'm not even interested in eating anymore. I just, I, I honest with you, I'm not. I'm so dissatisfied with, with where we are today. I'm just, 
we got to get back to that sacrificial life. Not a mere self-denial as such, but a sacrificial, self-sacrificing life for others. That's the ministry we've been entrusted with. My life is not my own, right? I've been bought with a price and I'm to glorify God. And, and, and what God wants me to do to glorify Him is by love serve one another. That's what he wants me to do. Brother Oliver brought it out. I can't do nothing for God. I can't minister for God. I'm with you, brother. I know what we're saying. People say, well, I'm going to do something for God. I understand that, uh, what people mean by that. Uh, but, but in reality, uh, what we need to do, if, you, if we're going to ask God, what would you have me to do? I'm going to tell you what God's going to tell us to do. He's going to direct you towards one another and say, go love somebody. That's what he's going to tell you. And, uh, and uh, so having received this ministry, I mean, having obtained mercy, and seeing we have this ministry, now we beseech you, we are ambassadors of Christ, and we beseech you in Christ to be reconciled to God. Is that what he said? God's entrusted us with a ministry of reconciliation. Right? And we know, and you can put it in reverse of Romans 10, how they believe in him and all those great things. You and I are necessary to the plan of redemption, not in, not in redeeming men's soul. That's bought and paid for. The work of reconciliation's done, but the ministry of reconciliation is dependent upon me and you to tell a lost and a dying world about Jesus. And I want them to picture him and see him as he really is. How are we going to do that? We're going home. How are we going to do that? We see our purpose. And look at our purity in verse number two. We'll come back here. We're, have, we need purity in cause, yes, in conduct, and in creed. Yes, yes, We've renounced the hidden things of dishonesty. I'm going to stop right here. My belly's pushing my britches down again. Brother Reed might take up an offering for me some suspenders, would you? I don't have to prop this gospel up, not one bit. Did you know that? Hallelujah. This gospel is just as powerful to redeem a man from the curse of the law and set him at liberty to serve Christ in pure holiness and siege it. I'm telling you, this gospel is powerful enough to redeem men from the curse of the law. The power of God and the salvation to any man that will believe it. And I don't have to hang my head down. I don't have to have a turkey dinner and invite people and trick them into coming and then slip the gospel in on them. Hallelujah. I can just preach the gospel. I like to prop it up. I don't have to make it more comfortable for you. <laughs> All I got to do, I don't have to. Well, we got what we got to do is get them in here. And then if we can just get them in here, we can then slip the gospel in on them. That's craftiness what the Bible said. If you don't want to know Jesus and you don't want to believe the gospel, you'll go to hell no matter how many dinners I have. Woo! We've denounced the hidden things and all the craftiness and all the, what it means to denounce, we've spoke against it. We have renounced all of that. I don't have to do none of that. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto myself. I don't have to draw you in with a turkey dinner or a light show. Or a singing group that don't tithe and be faithful to church either. Amen. Hallelujah. I threw that one in for you, Brother Pearson. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. The gospel's not enough. You'll go to hell anyhow. Right. <laughs> the gospel is enough. Yeah. 
had Brother Oliver, my little, my little son made a profession the other night. Hannah kept telling me, don't forget, we got to talk about me being saved later. And I don't know, church, you know, when they're young, it just worries me to death. But I, I tried to just put her off and put her off. And she just kept coming to me and said, Daddy, please don't forget. This. I said, you want to talk right now? And we was about to ride home. And she said, no, I'm going to rest, but please wake me up. Don't forget when we get home. We got to talk about me being saved. I didn't have to get down and say, now, honey. Let me tell you, it's really not all that bad. You don't even have to, hey, you don't have to renounce anything. You don't have to give anything up. You, all you got to do is just for one, two, three, repeat after me, sweetie. Listen, the Lord loves you. And, you know, I didn't have to make Jesus more appealing to her. All, all I had to do was just give out the truth. And the truth is, you're an ungodly sinner. And there's a great Savior that come to die on the cross for your sins. And if you'll believe on him, I guarantee you by the promise of that book, God will save your soul from the wrath that is to come and place you in Jesus. And you'll be secure for all eternity. Eternity by faith in Jesus Christ. Amen. And we've denounced I don't have to prop it up. I don't have to do nothing for the gospel. Just preach it. You say, well, I'm not good at it. You don't have to be good at it. Just tell the truth. Aren't you glad? Hallelujah. I don't have to have smoke and black lights to make it more appealing. I wear skinny jeans and flip my hair over and look like a half effeminate uh, a sodomite. I can just be a man that God made me and just tell the truth about Jesus. And if you don't like it, you can lump it. Hallelujah. Woo! It's the highest I've had my legs since my surgery, Brother Reed. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I'm so glad. My heart's so thrilled to be saved. God touched me that night. Oh, my Lord. Somebody touched me. Hallelujah. And God, the transforming power of the gospel, it'll do more than clean you up on the outside. You'll have more than a face that's shining. And your face will shine eventually. Unless you're as ugly as I am, then you forget it until your glorified body. But God will put the light of God in your soul. There's, there was a time last night, Lord in mercy. I'm trying to keep myself together here. Wouldn't you hate to see me lose that if this is me keeping myself together? I know we got to go home, but Brother Pierce said, God done something in my soul. And I was sitting there last night, just the presence of God. It's just so real. I need that. Bigger failures I am, I just need God to snuggle up to me sometimes and just say, it's me anyhow. Don't you? Thank God he let me see him again. See, it's glory to glory. I got a glimpse of him, of him then, but I've continually had glimpses of him, haven't you? Just in a special way, by faith and Lord, we got to go home. We've denounced all that. We don't have to. We've, we've, well, all I got to do is tell them about Jesus. You don't have to prop it up. You don't have to handle the Word of God deceitfully. You don't have to say it in ways that will make it less 
hurtful. How le- I mean, you can't soften a blow and tell somebody that they're worthless. That's just what it is. I mean, we heard it this morning. One of y'all said, when God got us, he didn't get a prize. <laughs> he loved me and I had nothing to give him. Not a thing to offer. What's that verse where it talks about he was our surety? He signed that note knowing we could never pay. What kind of fool signs a debt note knowing the man that's borrowing the money can't pay it? In this world, a big one. But Jesus, the love of God that Jesus has, signed the debt, signed the note for your sin debt, and he knew you could never pay him back. Hallelujah. I'm I'm not going to apologize. I'm sorry for keeping you a little bit, but I'm telling you, I wish if I could just get over to you what was in my soul. God's just, I'm telling you, there's there's a relationship with the God of heaven that goes far beyond what you think that it is. It's not just some repeating a prayer and just doing little religious deeds and showing up at church. God himself will live inside of you and that brightness of his glory, he who dwells in a light to which no man can approach will live in your body. You tell me another religion in the world whose man's God and creator comes down and lives inside of him. Don't worry about that. I'm about to do a Brother Sammy open it up and just sling it. I'm so excited. I won't, but let's go home. But by manifestation of the truth, that's all we got to do, folks. Just tell the truth. Jesus died for your sins, was buried, and rose again. And I'm telling you that, you know why? He's going to go and say this, and boy, I wish I could have got to it. He's going to quote the Psalms. I have believed, therefore I speak. You know what's driving me on to keep me wanting to go, Brother Piercy? Is I believe God, and I experience God in a way that is absolutely undeniable. You can say, Brother Clint, what you're doing, you may not be saved. You can say that. You can say, look, you don't have much fruit. You don't have, there's a lot of things you can say, but there's something inside of me that can never deny what God did for me that night. He saved me. I could get to the place where I might even renounce it, and he cannot deny himself. He abideth faithful. Hallelujah. This thing's real. God, don't waste your life just rotting away on a pew, just not having the life of God inside your body. We see our purpose, and we see our purity, and we won't get done to this. Boy, the gospel's enough. But in verse number three, and we're, we're, we're done. We've had a long service. But... Think with me, we'll come back Wednesday. There's a twofold predicament here. There's a predicament we're in, and there's a predicament they're in. The predicament we're in, verse number three. We're commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God by the manifestation of the truth. That gospel manifesting the truth of Jesus. But. If our gospel be hid, 
it is hid to them that are lost. This glorious light that has to shine in under their darkened mind. You'd have to be a Calvinist to believe God can do it without you. Am I telling it right? You'd have to be a full-blown John Calvin Calvinist to believe God can save a man without preaching. The Bible said he chose the foolishness of preaching. And if we hide his gospel, it's going to do a whole lot worse than lose you some rewards and cause you, not to, lose sleep, cause you to lose sleep at night. It's hid to them that are lost. You get offended, you get mad, you get down, something ain't going your way, you get dissatisfied with the church, you get angry, whatever comes in. And there's tons of things all of us could have, but you let that stuff get to you and get you to the place where you're going to hide the gospel and you're going to faint and you're going to quit. You're going to quit having a burden for others and you're going to quit telling people about Jesus. The problem is, friend, that the gospel would be hid them to them that are lost and that need it the most. There's some little old sinner out there like me trying to raise a family without God, about to lose his home, about to lose his life, and needs somebody to tell him about Jesus. And you're not going to because somebody, you, because you didn't get to sing today. Because, well, I, I like my preacher to be more dignified. And so you're just going to let people go to hell mad. Your preacher ain't dignified. How's that for dignified? Makes me want to puke a gut. The things we've let get into our lives and get us down and get our eyes off of what's really important. People's dying going to hell. And we're fighting and mad and backbiting and belly aching and cursing one another and bad mouthing. God help us. Mad at the Democrats. We ought to be mad at ourselves. This country's in the shape that it's in because the Bible believing Christians that quit God. Come on now. Boy, let's get on fire again. The, the predicament they're in, look at what they're in. The predicament we're in is it's our responsibility not to hide and get it out. The, look at the predicament they're in. And whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine in unto them. That's why I say that verse 18 is setting the stage. It's talking about Moses and the law and grace and truth through Jesus. So you're not looking upon a veiled face of Moses. You're looking right into the image of God in the face of Jesus. And we want to hide that from the world. I don't know about you. I want them to get what I got and more. Let's let's pray that God would help us to get our priorities back in line, get a renewed vision. Get under a real burden, these prodigals and lost folks. And, and let's let the other things kind of work themselves out. Let's, let's, get, let's get back on fire for God again. Let's believe this book. You know the most troubling verse to me. I promise I'm done. I want to leave you on this note. We didn't get to it. One of the most troubling verses to me in this New Testament is found right here in chapter 4. When he quotes that psalm and said, we have believed 
therefore we speak. You know why that's so troubling to me? If I really believed it, I'd speak it. No, the problem is, we don't believe the gospel is as powerful as we like to say it is in here. Because if we really believed it, we'd speak it. God have mercy on me. That if I really believe that this gospel is able to save sinners to the uttermost, all that come to God, my help, then I'll get out there and I'll speak it. Lord, I love you. And I pray that you take this little message and just please help your people. Please forgive me for anything I said offensive to God's Spirit. I don't mean to be, Lord. I feel at times maybe I take liberty and say things to myself. And I pray, folks, forgive me for that. But for the truth of what I said this morning from your book, let it find lodging place in our hearts. And please help us to get back to our purpose of proclaiming and portraying the person of Christ, the only hope to this world, the only hope in reclaiming the backsliders and the prodigals, is that they remember the Father, see Jesus once again. We love you. Thank you for what you've done. Help us in our fellowship time after the service. And then, Lord, help our families tonight as they try to spend some family time together. Help them have good quality time, make memories with each other. But, oh, God, let us just please, if we can pass one person and tell them about this great God and Savior. We love you. In Jesus' name, stand to your feet. We'll have a verse. Brother Reed's going to sing. And then we'll, we'll go eat.